An elegant weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. Coming soon, coming soon. Ministries, ministry by Stan Kanopka, Archer, and Christian Yo, this Red Capullo man, and you're listening to Elegant Weapon. And you know who the biggest elegant weapon is? I can't tell you where it's located, but it's uh, got something to do with me. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. shit ladies and gentlemen <laughs> it's episode 75 wow. of an elegant weapon yes for the 75th time please excuse me while i flick my bag hey what's up this is vic ruggiero from the slackers and you're listening to an elegant weapon still i couldn't help but think Hell yeah. Uh, good times. Yeah, kids. 75 episodes. Uh, that's fucking crazy. Um, I didn't think I'd get past 30, but here we are. It's 75. Uh, rolling along, still going strong. Never had more support than we've had lately from all you wonderful people out there, and you know who you are. Uh, you know, we've had great responses to the past few episodes. Human Comics, who was on our last uh, episode there, if anybody listened, I had a nice interview with Gabe Smith and Ryan Merrill about Human Volume 2 and their Kickstarter, which officially funded today. Uh, with 24 hours left to go, they reached fundage. And uh, yeah, congratulations, guys. Volume 2 is coming our way. If you didn't get a chance to check out Volume uh, 1, it is in stores now, actually. Um, comic shop near you. Go check it out. And Diamond has distributed it. So uh, depending on whether they ordered it, hopefully your LCS was smart enough to pick up the awesome cyberpunk graphic novel, Human. So check it out. 
And uh, speaking of Kickstarters and independent comics, which we have supported uh, through various means over the past 75 episodes, I wanted to do something a little bit special. And something came up that kind of coincided with me doing this episode that kind of works out perfectly. Because my guest tonight, kids, is an old friend of mine, someone you've heard on the show before. And uh, somebody who's doing his thing and who happens to also have his own Indiegogo about to start for his own independent comic book that we will get thoroughly into. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my good friend, Anthony Rutgazer. Hello. Hello, Anthony. <laughs> How's it going, man? Wow, you're, you're, all, you're all kinds of polished radio host all of a sudden, man. The evolution... <laughs> <laughs> Over 75 episodes has been fantastic. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. It's uh, it's a comfort thing, I think, you know? Yo, absolutely. Yes. You've, uh, you've come into your own as a high school guidance counselor. <laughs> Why, thank you, sir. You know, yeah. I did do the high school announcements my entire school career. <laughs> oh, that's just... <laughs> awful <laughs> it was pretty awful it's a good thing it's a good thing you already have a woman because <laughs> that's not the kind of thing that you talk about and then get laid <laughs> this is true that's not the best pickup line hey baby i did the announcements in high school eh? well yeah the vice principal really trusted me <laughs> they left me alone in the office and everything <laughs> i had keys <laughs> no no that's you don't talk about that, Archie. That's awesome, man. That's wicked. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's just been a comfort thing. Also, part of it is me uh, now that uh, I am doing it on my own. Uh -huh. Um, you know, I kind of, you know, there's not much to bounce off of. So I've I've had great guests every time, but you get a little used to talking to yourself, and uh, it's <laughs> it's also well, a lot of it is also the fans. Uh, you know, the 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 hardcore few hands fans that we have. I yeah. I kind of know who I'm talking to now. You know, so before, like, it's it's a weird mix because in the beginning it was I felt like I was recording not knowing who would hear it. So you're kind of yeah. weird. Now I've gotten comfortable. Half the time I forget I'm recording, yet it is in my head. Those select fans who I know are listening because they always do. So mm -hmm. in a way, I'm kind of talking to them, you know. There's nothing wrong with knowing your audience. Yeah, and, it, you know, it's it's – when you're a small podcast like this and just kind of doing it for the fun and mm -hmm. the people who are your fans really connect to you, you know? Yes. So you really get to know some of these people and uh, get tight enough that, you know, and it's been great because it's, uh, we've inspired other people to do their own podcasts. Good. You know, and uh, that's always fantastic. I have a lot of friends I've known and people who are kind of introverted people and uh, it really helps them build their own confidence and conversational abilities, you know? you. Yeah, it's you're, you're a community leader. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far as I reflick my bick. <laughs> uh, dirty, filthy hippie. We saved some baby cows from being eaten, and now we're no good, dirty, goddamn hippies. So uh, before we get too into uh, your upcoming project, mm -hmm. um, let's just chat a bit about what we never really have on this show, and that's kind of us. Um, like well, you. I mean, you've been on the well, show before. We dated, we dated for a long time, and it, it ended badly. <laughs> and then you couldn't mess. even you couldn't even look at me. <laughs> and I did throw <clears throat> stuff out on the lawn. So yeah, and then it fucking got yeah. wet, and oh, yeah, it's horrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> now people have heard Anthony here on the show before. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be quite as much of an asshole this appearance, though. <laughs> yeah, you have. I was such a <laughs> dick last year at, at Fan Expo when we recorded. I, I decided, you know what? I'm just going to play the the complete heel here. I'm going to be a, an absolute villain. That was actually Toronto Comic-Con when we sat behind was, the booth I had yeah, with Sparkle Girl Jen. Because oh, that fit. that's right. That was that was like March of this year, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And you were a complete fucking douchebag. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> I thought it was great. but <laughs> you, can't, you can't tell me. Listen. <laughs> you can't tell me that that wasn't entertaining to listen to, oh, like, yeah. I, and 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 it really was. Like, I mean, if if I didn't scare listeners off, listen, when I did when I did that, it was completely well, it wasn't completely a put on. I I am an asshole, but <laughs> I was just I was just so <laughs> wild oats there. I was just having fun, and it was one of those things. Like, we were in the middle of uh of. Artist Alley. We're in, in, you know, in the middle of the small press tables, and uh, and I'm a reasonably loud, loud voiced guy. Like, I mean, you can hear me from a mile away. And I was just saying, uh, I think one of the things I said was, uh, most of these people wouldn't be here if their parents really cared about. Them. <laughs> <laughs> if. Most you people. were like all these poor people having to sell their piece of shit crappy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, and then, and then I think Sparkle Girl Jen like looked, made direct eye contact with me, and I think I said something really douchey like, "No, no, not you, baby." But the rest of these people, and all I could think to myself was. Man, <laughs> I, I don't know if anybody's getting the joke, but I'm having a blast. Yeah, no, I got the joke. It, I just didn't think other people were. That was the only thing making me a little fearful. But, Jen, I know you're listening, and I know you got the joke. So uh. well, I'll tell you, before we get into anything, I'll tell you what that was based on. It was based on something that really happened, and that was uh, last, whoops, uh, last fall's New York Comic Con where I was at a table – uh, well, I wasn't at a table. I was hanging out. Uh, our good friend Lee Motor had a table, mm-hmm. and and uh, <laughs> Lee made the mistake of not getting the extra three feet of table. Most comic conventions, depending on who you are, they give you your, you get your complimentary three feet of table, and then if you want the extra half of the table, you've got to pay a little extra. And Lee didn't think much of it and didn't buy the extra half of the table. And he ended up, this is a long, <laughs> long preamble to the truth here, was that he was sat next to a girl who um, is a colorist and, and, and she does her own really awful web comics. <laughs> I can't think of her name right now. And uh, <laughs> because... You know, I'd never heard of her before. No one's ever said her name to me since. <laughs> she, 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 and more than her work, she was just awful. Okay. As, as a person. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you're sharing a table with somebody at a convention, think about it as a roommate situation. Okay. Yeah. You're, a room, you're, you're roommates for the weekend. Mm-hmm. 
don't put your stuff in my room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. If, if I'm if I'm doing laundry, that doesn't mean you can throw in your your, <laughs> your lucky red cap, you know, because you're ruining stuff. Anyway, she was she was just horrible to be next to, and Lee is very polite. And in most situations, I am very Canadian, and I don't complain or anything. But I'm also, as we've stated, an asshole. <laughs> And uh, I spent the weekend just thinking, you know, if if your parents would just have a conversation with you, you wouldn't be a burden on society. It would go a long way. It would yeah. go, like, I mean, there's a there's a <laughs> there's a healthy medium between. You know, between hey, uh, between oh, do whatever you want, and you're absolutely horrible. Balance. Somewhere in there, if somebody yeah. would just say, "Hey, you know, you don't have to be like that to people," mm-hmm. that would be that would have been great if her parents had taken the time. But instead, <laughs> they probably pay her rent for her while she draws her awful. awful. <laughs> Or just, or I just... Uh, you know, it's a great thing and a beautiful thing that everybody can get their, their art and anything they want out there. But at the same time, oh, it's yeah. also a really bad thing. <laughs> Listen, if she has found her audience and they like her work, more power to her. But at the same time, hashtag don't be a jerk tweet. Yes. There we go. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't be a jerk. <laughs> yeah, it's that simple. Unless, okay, I'm bringing it. Unless, I'm bringing it back around. Unless, like me, you're doing it for big laughs. <laughs> unless you're just doing it for attention. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's doing it for attention. I mean, well, who's not really? Right. Everybody's every. Yeah. All of this. All of this. You doing a podcast. Me doing a comic book. All of it is us seeking attention and approval from somewhere and once you're okay with that once you're in touch with that you can then decide what level of complete jerk you're going to be about yeah absolutely totally (laughs) some people master it and it's a good idea some people stay the other way yeah where all this came from is what i was gonna say there a long time ago (laughs) is that uh anthony Everybody knows who's listening to the show that uh, I'm in the man cave here. I'm in Clarkson, and this is the L5J. And uh, Anthony hails from a city, I believe, was it two cities over? Are you originally from Burlington? No, no, I'm from Toronto, man. Oh, okay. Well, hold on. Maybe I'm off on what happened here. The reason I know Anthony is through a mutual friend at work or a couple mutual friends. And it's, you know, we didn't. You know, we'd see each other at parties or events and hang out and have a good time. But, you know, it was far and few between. Mm-hmm. But the far and few between had been going on for quite a few years. Yes. You know, and uh, so, you know, we're talking over eight, nine years of uh, seeing each other often enough to hang out and know each other. Mm-hmm. And then just, uh, you know, as as we were both into different things and as we both progressed into other things, uh, our interests started bringing us together at events where those mutual friends weren't attending, for example, Fan Expo. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, this is my 10th ex- uh, expo this year. 
is is only I think this is only my uh, I want to say sixth. But you skip years, right? No, not anymore. Like once I started going, I started going annually, and one of the reasons I started going annually is because I had been, um, you know, when I moved back when I when I moved to Pittsburgh, there were. Uh, friends here that I lost touch with and uh, the silver snail, when the silver snail had the store at young and Eglinton, that was a, uh, that was the hub of my social life. And for a while, uh, actually my mailing address, I think. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Long story, long story. We'll talk Beautiful. about it. Later. Uh, but, um, so I started going, I got back into comics and I started going to uh, Fan Expo. And I can't even remember what it is that made me decide to, to try out Fan Expo. There's no way that you weren't there one of my first four years of going. No, oh, I wasn't. Wow. That yeah, blows probably, my mind, dude. I want to say, I want to say 2005 is when I started going to Fan Expo. Okay, and so yeah, so yeah, that's only like three or four years. Like I started going in like oh three. Yeah, but I, I, 2006 is probably uh, 2006 or 2007 is probably the correct date. Okay. Actually, 2007 might be. I think 2000. And, yeah. It does fly by, man. I can't I'm believe going, this gonna, is my tenth year. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say 2007. Um, is when I first went, and it was where I saw people each year. That was, you know, that was the the the, the place that I got to see, you know, Tim Suzuki and 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 Kieran McAvoy, guys who used to work and hang around, and were part of that group of friends from the Silver Snail up at Eglinton, and uh, and going and being at the convention is. Part of what made me decide is a big part of that, probably, of what made me decide, you know, I want to try writing again. Because I had gone to San Diego from 93 to 96 trying to uh, trying to break in as a writer. And looking back, you know, like woefully inadequate, woefully inept right. as far as becoming a writer went. And uh, you see, <laughs> every once in a while, you'll see somebody on Kickstarter or Indiegogo. And they've they've got their project, and they mean well. Like I mean, they're really uh, they're fervent. They they have a, like a religious belief that <laughs> yeah. you know they've got a story to tell. And and you can tell because their write ups or their their videos that go along with it always begin with something like, "Hi, my name is Joe Diddley Squat, and I've always had a story to tell." That's great. Have a story to tell. Learn how to tell it. Yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> and I'll tell you, and, and you know this, I got my deal with Action Lab um, January second or third. They called me and and said we want the book. <clears throat> and two weeks later, I started Ty Templeton's uh, comic book boot camp course. Because I had written something well enough 
that a publisher was interested in it. A publisher wanted to sign me for to a deal, but I, I, it's it's the simple fact of knowing that you don't know enough. And uh, Ty Temple is one of the people who's always been a friend and a mentor to me. I've known Ty going back twenty five years at least, and uh, Ty has always been uh, gracious with his time and his uh his knowledge but uh i needed i needed to uh, i needed to sit down at you know the foot of the learning tree for more than just a 15-minute conversation or more than just here take a look at this and tell me what you think i i, I needed to firm up uh, my basic skills and i actually um after i took the course uh, I went back before I handed my scripts in to Action Lab for approval and broke them down using the methods that Ty taught me in the comic book boot camp course and rewrote a bunch of stuff. Nice. Yeah. And especially the first issue. The first issue got uh, uh, a, a big overhaul and... Um, a, an incredible overhaul, actually. Two issues became one issue. Really? And, and yeah, it was originally going to be a five-issue limited series, and I condensed two issues into one. Um, okay, before we get too far with this, um, seeing as we're diving right into it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is Anthony here wrote a comic book. And, oh, yes, I did. Yeah, he wrote a comic book. It's called The First Hero. And it has been uh, granted existence by Action Labs. Yeah, Action Lab Comics, uh, actionlabcomics.com um, is going to be publishing the book. We, it's all signed and sealed, and and we're just waiting to deliver. I, is uh, it under the Danger label? No, no, no. It's under the Action Lab. Okay. Uh, it's under the Action Lab banner proper. Right. Uh, um. The uh, the Danger Zone deal took place, I think, just after uh, we shook hands on on me coming on board. Okay. Uh, or it might have been just before, but you know, either way, I'm I'm with the Action Lab label, which they're the publishers of uh, Jamal Eigel's upcoming Molly Danger books, which went through Kickstarter. Uh, they do NFL Rush Zone, which is a yep, kids yeah. comic, and they do uh, Princeless, yep. which is a, a fantasy comedy all ages book. I just got uh, issue one of volume two, I believe. Of, okay. uh Princeless that just came out, and yep. uh, also they make Double Jumpers, which uh, I know and, is uh, a lot of fans of that book. And Skyward, which is now their first official ongoing title. And uh, is apparently doing really well. Jeremy Dale does that book. So uh, yeah, I, uh, I I mentioned New York being in New York last year. I went there to shop the book. I had uh, I had an ash can, twenty page ash can, and I went and shopped the book around. And it's actually when I came home after that that I I sent a digital copy of the uh, the ash can to Action Lab. And um, they got back to me, and they were very interested. And uh, I am now with Action Lab. So it seems like a good fit, man. Yeah, yeah, it it, it is. I mean, they're it's it's a great time because they're up and coming, and they're they're making uh, serious moves this year. 
so it's a great, you know, it, to me, it's, it's like, it's like coming in just after the first wave of image comics. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've, they've set something up and they're making moves and I get to ride that wave and be part of, uh, be part of, you know, the big push. So it's very exciting for you recently on, uh, label, uh, label mate points of interest podcast network, label mate, the next element podcast, mm -hmm. uh, Anthony Bachman welcomed, uh, Dave Dwanch. Oh, and, uh, if anybody out there, so we can skip it, uh, wants to know kind of the history and, uh, what's coming up and what's going on and a really, really cool inside look into action labs, and uh, everything that's been happening with them and how it's gone down and what's coming, definitely uh, check out the next element. I think it was, I think it was episode 30. It was 30 or 31, but uh, it was only like two episodes ago. And uh, yeah, Dave Dwanch, who uh, he writes Double Jumpers, I believe, and helps head up. Uh, yeah, he's the creative. He's the creative director for Action Lab, and and yeah. uh, and a good guy and a well-spoken guy. So. Great interview. Uh, yeah. Really nice guy. He came off as and uh, really doing it for the love of things, and they really seem to have their heads on straight over there. So uh, yeah, check out that interview because uh, it was a good chat for sure. Yeah, so now, uh, you know, the book is signed. I had to, uh, uh, I had to change artists. Uh, my intended, art, my artist, my first artist dropped out of the, the project uh, end of March, beginning of April. And uh, I went through two weeks of stress and hell <laughs> and found, uh, found uh, a guy by the name of Philip Seavey who has a, a interesting little geographic traje trajectory, pardon me, uh, originally from San Diego, went to the Savannah College of Art, uh, and now lives in, uh, in Utah. <laughs> and when he first told me that, uh, I said, uh, I, said there's, I laughed and I said, there's got to be a woman involved in this. And he said, yeah, I love her and I married her. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Philip, uh, Philip has been amazing. Um, he started turning in pages quickly and uh, he is doing a fantastic job turning my script into art. Um, we're, he's in issue three right now and we have to have all four issues uh, finished and ready to go. Uh, before they will solicit the uh, the book in the in, uh, with Diamond, right? Um, so we are um, forty nine pages into the eighty eight page story. Wow! Yeah. So uh, yeah, I have you know I'm I'm carrying around my iPod Mini. I have forty nine pages of inked art for you know quote unquote, my comic book. And if you had told, you know, 15 year old Anthony, uh, <laughs> just, just suffer through this crap for 27 more years. <laughs> and, and you're going to have your own comic book. Um, first of all, uh, he'd have said, um, Hey, I don't talk to strangers. And, <laughs> 
I don't take free candy. Uh, I'm not getting in your van. Uh, and then he, then he would have said, 27 years. That's a load of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you could have told him, man, it, it, it'll be worth it. Because uh, the art I'm getting back. And, and, and uh, Lee Motor, who I met uh, 20 years ago. Yeah, you've known month, him a long time. Eh? 20 years ago, we met in San Diego. My first night in San Diego um, uh, for Comic Con in 1993, um, Lee did the cover. 93. Yeah, man. Wow. That's how long. Wow. That's how long. There's a character. There, one of the main characters in this book is an iteration of the very first comic book character I ever created. So there is a character in this book that has been waiting. 29 years to see print wow <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> yeah and uh is it obvious obvious because it was a character created by like a 15 year old <laughs> no no it's not like i say it's an iteration he was but look the, the original the original character man if, if it had stayed the same one marvel would be suing me because the character's name was star lord at first right <laughs> Yeah. He had a big he had a big sword and all kinds of crap. Of and I found he did. And then I found out about, you know, Star Lord. <laughs> and, and and anybody who doesn't know, uh, that's he's gonna be one of the main characters in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. So yeah. So that name had to change. Uh but um he was also, you know, uh he was the character, he was exactly the kind of character that anybody creates their first time out. Big blonde nondescript white boy superhero yeah dashing smile type and now uh somewhere along the way as i was creating new stuff and repurposing and changing things years ago he became uh an uh early 40s um black military veteran armed forces veteran who ended up getting sucked back into the army for a special forces thing. And, <laughs> and now, now that character is the uh, leader of the military group that hunts down superhumans. Nice. So, uh, so yeah, that character has survived <laughs> a whole lot of man. Uh, you know, it's, it's three decades of me thinking, this guy has got to be a comic book in a comic book. Yeah, style. sometimes you can't get let a good idea die, man. You got to hold on to it till I stayed as loyal as I could to this guy <laughs> who doesn't actually exist, except in, as a figment of my imagination. Except, um, he's as time has gone on, he's now largely based on Avery Brooks. Oh yeah, <laughs> and when I I'm looking at I'm looking at my wall a photo of me and Avery Brooks from Fan Expo from a few years ago, and uh, and I'm thinking to myself the first thing I said to Avery Brooks was I have a comic book character who's based on you, and Lord help me if I ever get this thing sold as a movie you please just agree to play the part that future that space station all those people they exist in here. In my mind, I created it. 
<laughs> if, oh, imagine if, man, crazier shit has happened. Oh, uh, well, you know, if, if 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 Avery Brooks can't go by the time this thing gets sold to Hollywood, uh, Idris Elba. <laughs> Idris Elba, this has got your name on it. Nice. I hear he might be busy being Green Lantern, though. Oh. oh. <laughs> I'm not... I'm not enthusiastic about uh, DC Comics movies at this point at all. I'm not enthusiastic. And that is where we disagree on the universe, my friend. Because <laughs> I'm as about as enthusiastic as it gets. <laughs> oh, I don't know why. I don't know why. Touches my buttons, man. I, I, I've, been, I've, had a, I've done like nine Man of Steel podcasts. <laughs> and it's because of the fact that... I've like taken up as resident like Zack Snyder apologist and yeah, you know, uh, there's Somebody. a lot of good points against a lot of things that I even do agree with, but I just, there's something about his movies and the way he does shit that just, it, it touches my buttons. It rubs my rhubarb the right way. I don't know. There's just, I could just watch it. Like I can watch his movies without sound and not care. And I don't know what. Well, so. I listen, my quick review of Man of Steel, and I'm lifting this from somebody much more famous than me, and I can't remember who it is, uh, <laughs> is uh, it's a great sci-fi movie, but it's not a great Superman movie. Yeah, I think it's both. Uh, I don't know. Well, you, you know, know. So you have the right to be wrong. <laughs> of course, of course. And you have the right to be an Avery Brooks fan. Damn straight! How could you not be? Oh man, it's I'm sorry. Cisco. Oh, he's the best in uh, in the captains. Oh shit, that he's just crazy. He's not like... here. He was crazy and possibly inebriated, but oh, he had to have been. That was uh, that was fucking awesome, though, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, back to back to uh, back so... to my comic book. Back, yeah, <laughs> back to shameless shilling. <laughs> Uh, um, let me see. You've probably described it a million times. So let me see if, let me take a crack and see uh, how well my description, the first hero is a story about a world where the superhumans in this world, when you get superpowers, you kind of turn into a crazy ass bag and, uh, you know, you're just a fucking piece of shit with superpowers. And uh, then somewhere in the midst of this world, there is one individual who is born who gains superpowers yet somehow keeps his conscience and, uh, you know, does have yeah. a sense of morality, good, right and wrong. And this is basically the basic premise of everything yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right. You're basically right. Everybody, everybody who gets superpowers goes criminally or clinically insane. They become a danger to themselves and to society. And then uh, one guy manifests superpowers and doesn't go crazy and has to figure out what to do. Uh, does he uh, does he risk exposing himself uh, and being hunted, or you know the the flip side of the coin is he does nothing, he protects himself, and he watches innocent people die. You know how how does he how does he choose between um, yeah. what he's always decided is what he's always thought is right and wrong now that his circumstance has so utterly changed. 
So are the are the superhuman assholes and like the human army? Are they kind of at odds? Is their fights going down, or are they just kind of? Yes, there's there's a a military unit uh, that headed is, up by Avery Brooke. That is headed up by by <laughs> Headed up by Captain Cisco. Uh, headed up by this character who uh, their sole purpose they're they're called the Extra Human Task Force. Their sole purpose is to. Uh, hunt down uh, superhumans because it's not a matter of hunting down heroes or villains. If you have powers, you're, you are uh, trouble waiting to happen. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're going to get hunted down. And uh, yeah. So, you know, as, as things are building, um, you know, over time, there's more and more of these superhumans, and uh, you know, eventually, it's going to go from being, you know, an individual here or an individual there at di- at different spots on the map. If there's enough of them, they're going to start meeting. They're going to start, you know, eventually, there's going to be schools of fish, right? Yeah. And once you get a few people who can. Uh, throw a semi truck or uh, set fire to a city with their mind and they get together and they're crazy. You already know they're crazy. They're going to start getting ideas. So as time goes on, the problem of superhumans is escalating. So, yeah. God damn, man. It's a fucking sweet, sweet idea. I think it's going to be fucking fun to watch that unfold, man. Yeah. So, um, you know, and now here comes the shill is, uh, you know, Action Lab has picked this up. They're going to publish the book, but it's still it's a creator owned book, which means that, uh, like I said, uh, we have to hand them a, a finished product. It's on me to gather my team together put together this book and hand them something that they can hand to their printers. Right. Know? Right. Of course. So, uh, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily happen for free. And, uh, I've already had, you know, legal expenses and, you know, we're trying, there's promotional stuff that we're trying to get out and then, you know, lettering and coloring. And, yeah. So uh, much goes into it. eh? Yeah. So, yeah. uh, hence, uh, the Indiegogo, which uh, goes live online on Indiegogo.com on Wednesday, August 21st, the day before Fan Expo Canada. And uh, if you're on Facebook, you can do a search for the first hero with, I have to say, with a number one instead of the letter I uh, in first. It's stylized that way because I think I'm <laughs> funny. I think I'm clever. No, it looks good though, man. It's yeah. it looks good. It does. Or you can uh, the on Twitter the same thing. The first hero with an, a one instead of an I. Um, you can find me on Facebook. You can find you can find me uh, on my website rutgazer.com. There's a bunch of different ways to uh, to find it, or you know, just go to Indiegogo and go in. You know, browse the comic book section, and next Wednesday. Uh, the the campaign will be live and hopefully you know you'll check out the art and uh, a little bit about the story and hopefully you'll like it enough to 
want to pledge and help us get this thing done properly. That's right, people. Please check this out. This man has been working so hard for so long. <laughs> the shit he has had to endure, you know, existence on the TTC. So <laughs> what was the deal? You you knew Paul and uh, who was our, you know, good friends, Paul and Scott yeah. and stuff. And uh, so did you know him purely through professional wrestling, which you also... Purely through wrestling. With? I met... Okay. Uh, uh, we had a mutual friend, Dave Rector, who... Uh, brought Paul in to the promotion that uh, that we were getting started in 1995, and um, and yeah, Paul and I have been uh, thick as thieves ever since. You know, all, almost almost 20 years. So was Toby in on that all that shit too? And uh, yeah, Toby yeah. came in I think in '96. Wow. And uh, 96 or 97, he, Toby might have come in after I went to Pittsburgh the first time. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. A lot and of, what, was a lot this, uh, what was this organization? Was this something Rector was heading up? Like... N- no, no, no. It was something that he became part of. It was um, a friend of ours by the name of Steve Buckley who now uh, runs – he actually runs uh, comic book and toy shows. And uh, he's the cat who's putting together GTA Con next April in uh, Oakville. Yes, it is Oakville. Yes, they're, uh, they're trying and, to take it back, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Steve, uh, uh, Steve started up a wrestling promotion. He knew I'd been involved in wrestling before that, and and he he had said, you know, come and take a look at this ring that I built. Tell me what you think. Is the first time I'd been on a, 1995 is the first time I'd been on a wrestling ring in four or five years, and it was uh, it, I always I always like, used to say. Uh, I think this is what heroin is like because uh, I can't escape it and it's going to kill me. <laughs> but when you're doing it, it's the best thing ever. Yeah, it's got to be. And, and I got back into wrestling and uh, and that's that's where that's where I met Paul and, and I met, um, you know, a lot of our, our mutual friends was. Yeah, because uh, yeah, Steve Buckley. Yeah. So you've lived in Toronto straight through then. Uh, Except for time in Pittsburgh, is it? Uh, no, I lived in um, I lived in Oakville for a few years. I made my way west <laughs> from uh, from uh, Scarborough to Oakville to Burlington to Hamilton, and then uh, back to now back to Toronto. I've been nice. back in, in in the city for oh god, like six years now. But in in uh, in there. Um, two stints in Pittsburgh for about two years total. And, uh, yeah, I love, I love Pittsburgh. And that's where, that's where motor is. That's, that's the reason I went to Pittsburgh was, uh, my friendship with Lee motor. Right. Right. So, um, so you also recently have headed up the, uh, I hope I get this right. The union of independent wrestlers, union of independent professional wrestlers. That's my wrestling. That's my wrestling promotion, which, uh, I've kind of announced uh, I'm 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 starting up again in November. Oh, you are okay. I thought it'd yeah. be on hold for a while because it's having to put so much uh, into the book. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I I wanted last year. I ran uh, I ran a few shows, including I ran a show uh, for Cirque du Soleil. Uh, what? For, yeah, I ran a show last October 
um, a private show as part of a party for the performers and crew of Cirque du Soleil when they were in Toronto. Oh, sacre bleu! What? Insane. <laughs> it was a fantastic night. That's what they want to see. <laughs> yeah. Well, what their head of security is uh, is a wrestler. Um, he uh, he wrestled for years in Texas, and uh, he people had been on his, his you know f- people in the crew and 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 the performers had been uh, on his case. They had wanted to see him wrestle, so uh, he contacted me. And asked about uh, bringing in uh, bringing in a show for this private party they have on each tour stop, and uh, he he flew a buddy of his in from Texas, and they had a match, and it was you know it's one of those things. Listen, I I I, I don't know his work going into this. It could have been it could have been silly, and it wasn't. It was an uh, they had an amazing match, and I brought uh. I brought the union heavyweight title and the tag titles uh and and we gave them a uh, an amazing show there was nobody nobody left that place upset by the show that night i'll tell you that much well they're performers so, i'm sure they greatly appreciated it you know yeah yeah, yeah it was yeah. i mean if there was ever an audience of non-wrestling fans to uh to to, to perform in front of it, it was <laughs> it's <laughs> i mean they appreciate what's uh, going into it yeah so uh yeah it was it was fantastic so I'm, I'm i'm starting up again uh beginning of november first weekend of uh well i'll say it's sunday november 3rd in uh, in scarborough ontario awesome uh, and we're gonna announce all that at wrestlersunion.com probably september 1st wicked so uh yeah so you've known uh in the meantime, in the meantime you know, trying to get this thing done because the thing starts the campaign starts the day before fan expo and it runs 60 days until a few days after new york comic-con so i can hit both cons and try and publicize it to people right yes London. yeah will so. you be the first uh canadian affiliate through action labs have they worked with any canadians yet in any way uh that's a darn fine question. You you might be taking them international, my I friend. I might be their I might be their first Canadian. That's yeah. pretty fucking badass if that's the case, man. I don't mind it. <laughs> that's fucking cool, man. I was gonna say they should get their asses up here and have a fucking action lab table. I think uh, I think next year's fan expo. Yeah, uh, there, there's a lot of buzz this year of people. Uh, I've already heard claims. Uh, our friends over at Drunk on Comics. They have uh, they've laid claim that they're going to come on up for Fan Expo next year, and it's just gotten to that point where if you can't go to San Diego, go to New York or Toronto. It's it's you yeah. know it's easier to deal with, especially there's no way that it can't be amazing this year with both buildings. Yeah, yeah. Like Artist Alley, there's, a, there's two. This of is them. a real this is a real test for them yeah. because uh, not just. Well, it's it's got to do with the scope of it, and I mean, there have been uh, some issues the last few years with, you know, details uh, as far as the convention goes. And I, I mean, the worst would be um, them having to use just the north building a couple of years ago, and the traffic, oh, <laughs> the human bad. traffic jams that 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 caused. The the fire chief shut the doors that year. 
Yeah. Which and half is the people the, I was with got locked out. <laughs> which is one of the reasons, you know, I said to myself, listen, I got to stop. I, I got to start getting pro registration. I got, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I got to be an exhibitor. Yeah. So just, you know, get through the, it's, it's like, um, Paul Ineson and I, we mentioned Paul Ineson. Paul Ineson and I went to WrestleMania 18 together at Skydo. Really? Is that the, is that the, the warrior one? Hawk presented the belt and raised the hand of the warrior. Uh, no, that, that was WrestleMania six. Okay. That was, I went, I'll tell that story real quick. I'll try <laughs> and get that one done in two lines. Uh, the story on WrestleMania six was my friend, uh, Alex Pink said, uh, Come on, we got to go. Come on, we got to go. And I said, bah, it'll be better if we watch it at home on pay-per-view or closed circuit or whatever. <laughs> and then the morning of WrestleMania 6, I called him and I said, yo, dude, let's go to WrestleMania. And he cursed me out. <laughs> and then we and then we met at Union Station. I was living in Oakville then. We met at Union Station. We found scalpers tickets, obstructed view for 15 bucks. We went in. Uh, and and sat near the camera rigs uh, for the dark matches. And as I was looking somewhere else, a woman, one of the ushers, comes up to Alex and says, uh, would you guys like to move to better seats? And exchanged our $15 ticket stubs for $75 tickets. What? Moved to much better seats because, you know, Got to get us on camera, right? Got to keep. Hell yeah! Can't. There's a reason it's the hard cam. So moved us to the camera side. Seventy-five dollars seats. Amazing show. Beauty. Now, WrestleMania 18. Paul and I make plans to go. We go. We're standing in line. Now, twelve years later, I am even more of a just a crusty curmudgeon. <laughs> As we're getting into the buildings, we're fine. We've been out in the, uh, the 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 wind and the rain, waiting in line to get in. We we start getting in, and he's like, "Yeah!" He throws his hands, "Yeah!" Come on, man, aren't you excited? We're in. We're gonna see the show. And I looked at him. We were on the concourse, and I looked at uh, the 100 level, and I looked at him, and I said, "You know what? In a couple of hours, this building is gonna smell like 70,000 wet people." <laughs> And I was wrong because it only took an hour. <laughs> and we had we had what for baseball would have been amazing seats. But for WrestleMania, you've got 30 rows of people on the field who stand up every time anything happens. So we spent most of our time looking up and to our right at the Jumbotron. Right. It's still a good show. And I was overjoyed listening to... Uh, fans cheer Hogan versus The Rock. It was, it was great. I, you know, yeah. God bless a heel. Um, but that's the night I said to myself, I'll never be in a crowd this big again unless I'm the one they came to see. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you haven't been in a crowd that big yet again. I have. I was just a taste of the Danforth on the weekend. Oh, damn. Yeah. Do you have a beer but, with Ford? Huh? No, 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 no. He he offered me some blow. He said, yeah, "You're like, no, nah, man. I'm straight. Uh, I'm, I'm straight. I'm straight. I, I'm ashamed of my city for not ousting him yet. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, <laughs> the the goal is to be the person they're there to see. Yeah. yeah. 
Pretty much, man. So, uh, do you have, uh, is there any fan expo? Are you like, uh, anything you're excited about or well, uh, anything you've noticed? Lee motor is coming up, uh, six feet paid for the extra half of the table. So we got the table in artist alley going to set up there and, uh, he'll be doing sketches and I'll be handing out promo postcards. Shit. And... I have to come by and fucking, we'll have absolutely. To, we have absolutely. to get him to talk on the show. There you go. And, uh, uh, you know, just try and spread the word. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, Miss Carrie Fisher and, uh, Mr. Ian McDermott. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, that's the biggest Star Wars news we've had there in a long time. Cause the big <laughs> ones usually don't come out. The regulars come every year. You've always got your prowess and your, you know, your Mayhew and your whatever. Oh, that's that's but, how they make their living, right? So. But yeah, I need to, I need to speak to Miss Carrie Fisher. Miss Carrie Fisher, I'm coming for you. <laughs> if I can get Miss Fisher to tell my listeners to flick their bicks and that they're listening to an elegant weapon, that would be a serious mission accomplished. You know. <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to think. Is is quote unquote Miss Carrie Fisher? I'm coming for you. The first time in your life you've <laughs> ever said something that you know for a fact Paul Simon once said. <laughs> I think it may be like aside from aside from singing along to one of his songs. Yeah. That's probably got to be the first Paul Simon quote you've ever made. Uh, as far as I know, and I've, I've said a lot of words in my life. That and, and that one time you told Art Garfunkel to go fuck himself. <laughs> yeah, there was that time. Yeah. That son of a bitch. <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Oh man, I can't wait. I think it's going to be so much fun with the yes. two buildings and uh you know, fucking there's uh Neil Adams. I'm excited about that. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with uh <laughs> getting a few of my smiling Batman books signed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Batman used to smile and it's other things Warner Brothers doesn't want you to remember. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, 75 episodes. Uh, there you yeah, go. Congratulations, man. Thank you, sir. Uh, you know, 25 more to the to the to the big century mark, and uh, Crazy. you know, uh, the letters keep changing every so often. It's uh, they just keep flying by at this point. So, <laughs> but it's good times. So, listen to all you loyal listeners out there who are the loyal ones. To any of you new listeners out there, uh, I hope you enjoyed yourself. Thanks for jumping on. Um, you're all good people. You are great people. Um, see, you're... I, see, I'm I, I'm not always a complete dick. Not always, just <laughs> when appropriate. Yeah, your digness is completely appropriate. And yeah, uh, last year at Fan Expo when we were talking <laughs> is when I got to meet the nerdy stripper. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, you know, I don't know if she's in the city right now or not, but maybe it's we'll. Her in a while. I know she was in Australia for a while. Yeah, she was there for a long while, but, uh, you know, she seems to have been uh, do, getting a lot more into legit, you know, photography and modeling. And I think she... What a waste, eh? <laughs> I know. Eh? It's so disappointing. But uh, anyways, kids, there you go. 75 elegant weapons, 75 Bix flicked. This is Mr. Anthony Rutgazer. Go, go to Indiegogo. Is it, simple as, is it as simple as looking up the first hero? Yeah, go to Indiegogo, and you can click on, uh, you know, at the top, you can click on Browse, and then on the left, you'll click on Comic, and with any luck, we'll be the the top of that page, 
come next Wednesday. Um, but uh, it will, you know, uh, starting from Wednesday, August 21st to I believe it's Friday, October 19th. We will be there. If you uh, check out the preview and you dig it, hopefully you'll make a pledge. And uh, and uh, the more people who the more people who pledge, the better the book is going to be, and the sooner it'll come out. And, uh, <laughs> and and the sooner Anthony will be a happy boy. <laughs> oh, happiness is so elusive. <laughs> also, congratulations to. Uh, to human and uh, Gabe Ryan, that's awesome. Can't wait for volume two. Yeah. Uh, you know the adventures of Drolo continue. So uh, kids, that's uh, that's it for this week. Uh, the next next time you hear us, we'll probably be coming from fucking goddamn Fan Expo Canada 2013. All your uh, favorites will be back. Uh, Sean's neighbor Darren, uh, Weapon Nix, Ian Strawn. And of course, Anthony will probably pop in there too. Ian Strawn. Uh, oh yeah, Ian Strawn. In public, dude. He was on an episode. Uh, I think three episodes, three or four episodes ago. I drove out to his house in Burlington. Yeah. And uh, for the podcast. Yeah. And uh, we drank and smoked and be merry and uh, you know, with uh, not too much editing to do, but uh, you know, with a couple <laughs> appropriate cutouts uh everything stayed pretty kosher so it's, it was a fun episode man he's always good when you get that guy yabbering on so god bless you it was me him and uh the sound of clinking ice so strong is another one of those guys that these days uh the one place i see him is fan expo so yeah you know i only even see those guys once a year and it's fan expo but that's what's great it's like christmas it's like seeing the family you don't see for a year so but it's a, it's a more fun Christmas with uh, something actually real behind it. So, <laughs> so there you go, kids. We will see you next time on an elegant weapon. Hi, everybody. It's a goddamn cougar in the car. This is Josh Hawks. This podcast is part of the Points of Interest Podcast Network. Find this and many more at www.pointsofinterestpodcast.com. Copyright 2013.